Hey guys, welcome back to Spooky AF. This is Suze, and I'm joined by my co-host Rob. Hey everyone, hope you're keeping well. We just want to start off at the top of the 30 minutes, hour, however long this is, to say thank you for all the engagement we've gotten on social media. It's been great so far, and we hope that it keeps up. Yeah, we, we actually have like random people following us now, not just like friends and family. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, and actually, my case today, my case says today are inspired by a suggestion we got from on Instagram. Oh, very nice. Yeah, so I know I said I was going to move away from Texas, but I saw that somebody, and I don't know if they want to share their name, so I won't, but um, somebody on Instagram said like, oh, you should check out the Marfa Lights. And I was like, oh, that dug up a deep, deep memory in me of like weird ghost lights that occur in Texas. And so I thought today I would cover three occurrences of unexplained lights across Texas stretching from all the way from like 50 miles from the Mexico-U.S. border to the forested areas of East Texas. I love this already. And I love that we're shilling for our followers straight away, like just straight in there. Oh, yeah. Like the minute I saw that, I was like, well, they're, they're, we're going to do that now because we've got we've to keep up our random follower fan base. <laughs> there goes the originality right away from us. <laughs> we're being led by the people. We give them what they want, and that's important. Exactly. You know, if, if anything, we're obliging. Exactly. So we'll start off with the most famous one, which would be the Marfa Mystery Lights, or MLs, as I've seen them referred to on the interwebs. Love it. And why why not MMLs? I don't know. But MLs representing Marfa Mystery Lights. So I'll kind of give you, I, I'm going to set the scene for you a bit, because Marfa's a weird place. Like I said, it's about 50 miles from the border, and it's in deep, we- deep West Texas. Like, and it's part of a, um, like a, it's, it was a ranch town in the area known as El Desplobado, which is the, means the uninhabited. Um, which tells you how like remote this is. They are 200 miles from the nearest airport and they are a town of less than 2,000 people. Oh, okay. So just in terms of like Texas kind of uh, size, I suppose, would 200 miles from the nearest airport, even for Texas, be quite remote or would that be kind well, of standard? That would be, that would be, that would be getting remote because we have a lot of airports in Texas. Fair, yeah, I suppose. Like you can fly to a lot of different regional places in Texas. And so like, I'm guessing that their like closest one would be maybe like El Paso or Midland or something. And like, yeah, that, so like 200 miles for an airport would be quite a drive. Considering that like where I'm from, Abilene has its own airport. To be fair, that airport only flies to Dallas, Fort Worth, but it, it has its own airport. <laughs> Um, and in two and less than two thousand people would be like there are smaller places, but this would be like for how remote this is. This would be a very small place in the middle of nowhere. So we're already like we're in in my mind, Marfa. Like we're deep into desert, and which means like UFO country to me. Oh, I'm like as soon as you started talking about lights, I, I was ready for UFOs. So um, you you have me very interested in this. Which, which buckle up because it's not just UFOs we're dealing with, as you'll find Brilliant. out. Uh, just one last thing about Marfa. Um, just based on yeah. how you've described it, I'm assuming that when you get to the outskirts of the town, there's probably a sign that says like Marfa population, and then there's like a little like number that keeps changing <laughs> as people as people die <laughs> yeah 100 percent. i'd imagine there's probably also bullet holes in the sign of the town <laughs> well okay so see that's what's interesting there probably used to be something like that but ever since so in the 1970s because like so marfa started out as this very like rural ranching town right there mm-hmm. was nothing but like a few ranches well in the 1970s an avant-garde artist moved to marfa and bought out an like a, a dilapidated World War II military base or shelter or something like that, and filled it with like really avant-garde art pieces. 
and started like dotting around the town these really weird art installations and one of them like for example and they're kind of creepy in a way like in some ways it's kind of cool because it's like oh wow look this kind of um like rural ranch town with all this art but some of them are a bit creepy like one of them is a it's a box like you know like a pop-up shop that would be just like a, a box kind mm-hmm. of building it's it says prada on the front and is filled with faux shoes and handbags but it's in front of a field that has nothing else around it for miles and the signs are all kind of sun bleached it so it looks like just this abandoned prada shop in the middle of like west texas where nobody's shopping so some fucking hipsters moved in and basically gentrified the area is what you're saying that is literally what i read on i believe the marfa like town website they were like yeah the hipsters moved in in the 70s and so now you can find like really good steaks but also like some vegan restaurants and like some coffee bars and things oh my god this is literally like that episode of south park where they're talking about gentrification yes it is so it, it, it is a weird mix of traditional west texas and like out outcasts from austin well actually the artist that moved came from new york which how he got to marfa from new york city is beyond me mm, i suppose it was the 70s so drugs probably brought him there true so he has some kind of vision that yeah. he like cracked his neck and had a flashback and suddenly yeah. he was in marfa yeah he got a free trip out of the amount of acid he was taking in the 60s <laughs> um well actually you've seen marfa if you at least i'm pretty sure you have because several famous films have been have been filmed there Oh, okay, so, interesting. Yeah, so if you've seen No Country for Old Men... Mm-hmm, I have. Great film. Banger of a film. If you've seen There Will Be Blood, Marfa. I have. Also, banger of a film. So Marfa's got a good track record so far. Yeah, and this will come in, uh, be important later, but it, also the 1956 James Dean film uh, Giant was also filmed there, and James Dean will come back into the story in a bit. So it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of become this place where its aesthetic is very film-worthy, and yet its, its vibe is very ranch meets austin texas kind of feel it's it's very strange in in this pocket in the middle of nowhere ranch meets oat milk yes it's a hundred percent like steak meets oat milk brent okay i'm I'm, i know where we are now I'm, i'm completely on board with this let's talk about the phenomenon so marfa is known for and this is according to the marfa like the 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 website of the town it's like we are best known for the marfa lights or marfa mystery lights what you do is you take a drive nine miles east outside of marfa and park on a widened shoulder of highway 90. so from there you are said to be able to catch sight of strange lights or spots of brightness that are reportedly different from car headlights according to people who have seen them they're like no no they're very different and they're and they don't they say they're not um similar to Um, campfires either Uh, they say these lights have appeared as red yellow green blue white and they reportedly move in unearthly ways so they kind of separate and come together and dart and and then sometimes just float um they were first spotted by we have so they have a long history we were first spotted by robert reed ellison in 1883 i believe who was a cowhand who upon seeing them was so scared he immediately fled to tell the whole town which is probably his family like back then that was probably like the ellisons were probably the only people in marfa um there were other sightings recorded in 1885 and the phenomena even appears in cecilia thompson's book history of marfa and presidio county texas 1535 to 1946 which is a hell of a time span holy shit that is a long time span yeah like imagine reading a history book about like england 1535 to 1946 that would be a tome yeah no that's uh that's quite a hefty undertaking on her behalf exactly exactly i was like i want to read that book i think (laughs) 
<laughs> or at least I want to see it. Back when Robert Reed Ellison saw them, people were like, oh, they must be nearby. Like they're thinking like a nearby Apache fires. They thought they were like, they were, like people kind of were just were against it from the beginning, or at least were mm. skeptical from the beginning. And and you were saying it's what, 1883? Yep. Interesting. So this is actually pre-Aurora, which was 1897. Yes, exactly. And it, it's very different from the Aurora um, because the Aurora was like an event and this is a repeated occurrence. Yeah, this seems a little bit more kind of uh, just from initial here and it kind of seems a little bit more like removed. Like this is purely going on in the sky so far. Yeah, absolutely. So like they say you can see them best either just after sunset or just before sunrise. The first published sightings appear in July 1957 in an issue of the Coronet magazine. Um, and the earliest known photo of them is from the late 19th century. So we have like really old photos of them as well. They're not great. That's so cool. It is cool, but they're not great. <laughs> yeah, I suppose though. But like at the time, weren't a lot of those kind of like cameras, the ones where you had to like stand still for about four years so you could get <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like they started taking the photo in 1870 and then it like it developed in 1890 or something. Yeah, the photographer is like, you're so fucking inconsiderate, like shouting at the lights for moving around. So <laughs> like this is really ruining my whole fucking day. Yeah, could you just not? I'll have you know that like artists are going to be here in the next hundred years and you're really just ruining the vibe. Oh yeah. Um, so it said that the lights range from dull spots to blinding brilliance and that they dart across the desert performing splits and mergers. Um, yeah, so they're kind of... Uh, you, you kind of already like it, the, when I first read this and when I first heard about it, because I heard about it as like everybody in Texas has kind of heard of these lights. They're, they they are what like Marfa is kind of known for. And I'll get into like the legacy they've had on the city. But um, the uh, there was a viewing recording system actually set up in 2003 and they have reportedly identified an average of 9.4 um, mLs, which would be Marfa mystery lights on 5.25 nights per year. Whoa, okay, so actually kind of common enough. Yeah, like you're not guaranteed to see that because I think I read somewhere that like they were like on average like less than 30 times um, a year, but like that's still like more often than you would like, like I said, more often than the Aurora incident. Yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. So like I said, they're reviewing platforms and lots of... Um, Lot, there are lots of tours that actually will take you from your hotel out to this like designated Martha viewing lights, Martha mystery lights viewing platform. Um, and it is just kind of like this place that they've built off the side of the highway where you can park your car and then go and and there are like, I think there are um, like telescopes and stuff so you can see further into the distance. That's very cool. Yeah. So like you can actually go and it is it is a real tourist attraction. And there's even a Marfa lights festival annually with a parade and street food. Okay. So like right. the, okay, amazing. Yeah, the town is really like it's uh like the town like I said, like on the town website itself, they said like this is the reason to come to Marfa is to see these lights. They've Roswell themselves basically, like they've made it their town identity. Yes, except it's a little bit it's a little bit more difficult, I think, for Marfa because in Roswell you can at least like put like you know the like the the gray aliens and the the spaceship kind of saucer shape and all that, but here you know you just have lights, so so you're just yeah. like yeah you have to build a mystique around something you can't really represent very well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and it was said that James Dean was so fascinated by the lights when he was filming Giant in Marfa that he had a telescope. Um, reportedly in his hotel room to nightly look upon the like in the direction of to try and catch them that's pretty cool actually yeah I, I thought that was pretty cool James Dean as we know also one of the coolest motherfuckers around oh he yeah, I mean he created that like 50s slick back hair 
mm-hmm. kind of like bad boy vibe. Yeah, he was uh, he's a pretty cool dude. On um, NBCDFW.com, which is a uh, like a local news site at, coming out of the Dallas Fort Worth area, they say like there's they had they interviewed a state a Texas State engineering professor who attributes most of the occurrences to car lights, unfortunately. But I've got some other I've got some other theories, so don't don't distress just yet at these being just car lights. So some other theories include natural gases that are catching fire. Swamp gas. It's what you, well, it's like desert gas, which is weird to me. <laughs> okay at which you can kind of oh oh i forgot to mention by the way this is important there's a whole website devoted just to pictures of the marfa lights okay brilliant i I love this yeah so you can go on and like view people's submitted photos of the lights and some of them do look like what would happen if you caught if there was like gasoline in the air and you and you lit a flame next to it it does kind of look like that like a ball like almost like a comet some of them and then some of them are just like floating orbs of light my other ones are so that like we have car headlights lights from a nearby army base because there is a like a marfa kind of army base uh out in that area of course there are there's no airports but there's an army base oh yeah 100 percent. and then uh like campfires but then my favorite would be shape-shifting witches i'm so glad you saved that one till the end <laughs> you're i didn't bury the lead there no <laughs> um yeah, so there is a theory that there are, or there are kind of um, like traditional Mexican folklore, um, sh- like shape shifting witches. But then there's also I read some accounts of people think some people think it's um, the spirits of lost conquistadors. Oh, that that's really one like that's a, a strong different direction to go in. Yes, exactly. So like there, so there are some supernatural non-alien ideas, but they're, they're a bit scattered. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm digging the shapeshift and witches, to be honest with you. I mean, that would be the coolest thing and it would fit in better with our other cases that I'm going to discuss. Excellent. Okay. But I, I'm leaning toward, um, if, if we're going supernatural, I'm leaning toward UFOs. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning into the, the UFO side of things as well. Oh, yeah. Um, like, so there was a NASA aerospace engineer named James Bunnell who grew up in the area. So he went to Marfa High. He um, is, is very much a local. He spent 12 years setting up 10 wide spectrum um, and infrared cameras on neighboring ranches. However, he has found no pattern to the lights, which only leads to their mystery because you think if there was a scientific explanation, there would be some kind of pattern to them. Yeah, I'd assume if it's that kind of exploding gas, whatever they were talking about, that they'd be able to pretty clearly see that it's following the same patterns of like gas exploding each time. Yeah, you'd think so, right? I I would assume so with my arts and my my arts degree that that's how it works. You both of our sci are our very very scientific degree background we have. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I it was uh, they've been featured on like so I found a travel column on the BBC about the famous Texas ghost lights. So that so there's lots of anecdotal evidence of uh, like an 80 year old named Ari West, which is very cute. Um, mm-hmm. She whose family helped settle Marfa in the 1880s says, uh, I hope they never find out what's out there, but my parents and grandparents saw the lights. Mysteries make life interesting. And I think that's some wise, wise words from Ari there. That's really cool. I, I like that. Keeping the mystery alive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a really... Uh, it, I, if you look at the pictures, they are, they do, they are very, very different colors. They, and they do look really unnatural. And so some people have been saying like, oh, there were like a Texas version of the Will-O-Wisp. That's what I was thinking of when you initially were talking about it. Yeah. So some people were saying it was something like that. Other people were saying, no, it's some kind of alien 
thing. But again, they are, um, yeah, they are just lights. And so and we have no idea. There's been no solid scientific uh, explanation that I could find other than most people saying like, oh, it's just reflections of headlights and all that. But I think that kind of, um, that kind of takes away some of the charm. It does. It does. I, I agree. I, I I like a bit more wonder in life than uh, headlights. Yeah. So like, so like you can go there, you can look at uh, Donald Judd, by the way, was the name of the artist and uh, quote major minimalist uh, who moved from New York City and he created more than 100 pieces or filled sheds with more than 100 pieces of art and scattered 15 giant concrete box art installations in a lonely pasture. And if you look at pictures, they are, like, it is kind of creepy. Like, just seeing this, like, concrete box Prada shop in the middle of, like, on a road in the middle of nowhere. It is, it's it's like you go in there and it would be a high fashion Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's so weird. Yeah. I, I, I do kind of love that he's done that to the town, but I also kind of hate that he's done it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really interesting. I'll have to, um, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll send you the picture and, uh, maybe I'll find one to post on our, uh, Instagram. Oh yeah. That would be cool actually. Yeah. Just cause it is really, uh, it is really weird, but the, yeah. So that's kind of the story of the Marfa lights. Cynics will tell you, uh, it's just atmospheric reflections of cars and campfires and the mystics will tell you that's hooey. According to the Marfa, uh, visit Marfa.com. The que- they'll ask questions like what roads, which campfires. And the truth is we just don't know. Yeah, um, as, I, as I said, I'm happy with a bit of mystery being, being kept up with this one. And there is such a big um, thing for Marfa that the, uh, like, you know, the, you'd see here on certain, like in Ireland on certain buildings, like where somebody famous lived, it'll say like, oh, like James Joyce lived here from 19, whatever the fuck to whatever. Well, like Texas has those as well on heritage sites. And the there is like a, a its own like placard big placard that says like marfa lights like this is the sign of the mysterious marfa lights <laughs> brilliant yeah love it so yeah. uh so they are uh, and like i said there's the marfa lights festival every year and i think we should absolutely go if we get the chance even though it would be a hellacious drive in the middle of nowhere uh yeah but you know i'm fine with that it'd be pretty cool like to go to somewhere like that pretty remote as well and just kind of experience it all yeah absolutely and and just get a and like you said like you can view the art, you can be, you can get oat milk and then a steak, and then you can go see some like potential shape-shifting witches. It's such a, a modern 2023 city. Oh yeah. It, it, it re- in, a, in a way it really is, which is very interesting. But uh, Ahead of its time, you might say. Both ahead and behind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's everywhere but the present. <laughs> So that's that's the story of Marfa, but I actually have two other Texas ghost light stories that I think are pretty interesting. So one, this one, we're going to go all the way toward um, just about 25 miles outside my hometown of Abilene. And this is the first kind of local ghost story that I remember hearing growing up of like the area. Um, and these are called the Anson Lights. So there's a place called Anson. I've heard of these. You've heard of these. Oh, fantastic. So these are in some ways more, well, I say they're more spooky because I, in my opinion, UFOs are less spooky than ghosts. Uh, that is a controversial statement. I know. I'm going to say, I, I've said something controversial yet brave, but I'm just going to say like, I am more scared of like the supernatural ghosts, demons, that kind of thing than I am of UFOs. Okay. Well, you know, you, you've, you've drawn your line in the sand and I respect that. <laughs> but you're not joining me. Well, you know, you're entitled to your opinion, even if it's wrong. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, I'll tell you a little bit about the Anson Lights. So, um, I, there's a whole article on it in, um, Texas Monthly, 
which is a great magazine if you've ever like get a chance. It's got some really interesting kind of culture and local pieces around Texas. And so I've got my sources from there, from the stories that I grew up, and also on uh, uh, texashauntedhouses.com. <laughs> Which is, which is great. That's all I need to know. So, so the Texas Haunted House one is short and it, it gets straight to the point. So it's going to tell you where to find these lights. So these lights can be found sometimes by turning right at Allsup's, which is like a 7-Eleven, toward the graveyard just outside of town. You then have to make a right turn down a dirt road that travels along the cemetery. Then, once you're at the crossroads, turn the car around so it is facing the main road. Turn off the engines and flash the headlights three times. So there's a whole kind of ritual to how you see these lights. Whereas in Marfa, you just kind of show up and they're there. Mm. These you have to kind of summon. It's rumored that after a few minutes, a light will slowly begin to travel down the road towards your car. Um, it sometimes is said to sway or change color and only happens on clear nights in warm weather. Uh, legend says that the lights are of a ghost of an 1800s woman who lived nearby with her three boys. She sent them out to chop wood, telling them to flash the lantern three times if they had trouble. When she saw the three flashes, she ran to them, but was too late and the boys had been murdered. Now the flashing of the headlights three times is believed to bring the spirit, to bring her spirit hoping to find her boys. Okay, there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> there's, there's a lot to unpack there. Right, so what were they, uh, who, who were they murdered by, do we know? It, it gives me it gives me no no information. <laughs> that, irrelevant. Irrelevant. Well, in that part of Texas in the late 19th century, like we're watching, my husband and I are watching the show 1883, I think, mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of a prequel to the show Yellowstone. Yeah. And like you, yeah, people are just getting killed for no reason. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So we don't we don't need to know the reason why these boys were killed. They they were just killed. They were just killed by something. I mean, it could have been it could have been coyotes for all we know. It, but it was some it was something. So this woman, even in death, is being tortured by random people coming up and flashing their lights three times. Right. She's like she's like these these assholes keep pulling up, making me think my boys are there. It's just rude because they never are. Love it. Amazing. But I think it's so creepy the idea that you're sitting in a car and a light starts floating toward you because the marfa lights stay quite a distance away and just kind of dance along the horizon mm. whereas this one like starts like walking toward you that is pretty spooky actually when when you put it like that and it's interesting as well that there's that whole kind of like ritual around it as well it's almost like yeah it's like a summoning sort of ritual or something yeah it's it's very borderline demonic like all they're short of doing is being like and now you need to just get your favorite sharpie out and draw a pentagram on the boot of your car <laughs> light candles on each of the points <laughs> one of your colleagues that will with you <laughs> that are with you their eyes will turn into the back of their head and they'll start speaking in tongues that you don't understand that's totally fine it's all part of the process it's just a haha -ha funny t moment so, um, and again, Anson itself as a city is um, kind of trying to maybe start like marketing the lights like Marfa's done uh, because it's a town where like, so 10,000 cars drive through Anson every day because it's kind of a commuter town to, to Abilene. It's only about 25 miles outside of Abilene. Cool. Okay. So it's got quite a like large population that moves through it every day yes but and so like the mayor said like the trick is getting them to stop i i respect that he said that for a long time people were embarrassed by the anson lights but they're seeing what happened with martha marfa and they're thinking about like somehow like making Milking it yeah making it more of a thing mm, okay cool yeah they're trying to they're trying to whore out the lights basically yeah so um i respect it you know they gotta do what they gotta do it's, oh yeah 2023 you know you got you got to hustle oh yeah like because anson would be a very small town so mm. like it, it would need and it's, it doesn't really have like a lot going for it 
at least uh, the case, I, I don't mean to offend anyone who might be listening from Anson. You might have a, a rich history I don't know about, which is probably true. But get your shit, to get, get your shit together, Anson. But maybe you should just market it a little bit, a little better. Yeah. Have you, have you thought about trying, Anson? <laughs> have you thought about trying? <laughs> Jesus. Um, so they they interviewed some really interesting people, like in this article from Texas Monthly, like uh, Woodrow Simmons, who was an 81-year-old former police chief, sheriff, and investigator who has lived in Anson his entire life. Um, My God, that is quite the name and quite the CV. Yeah. So since the, the only, except for three years he spent in the Army Air Corps during World War II, that was the only time he wasn't in Anson. So he's Chief, chief Simmons. Uh, yep, and that since the since the 1930s, his family has owned the land at the southeast corner of the crossroads, which is kind of where you need to do this ritual, which he calls the beer drinking corner. <laughs> and he says, kids have been coming out there for years. I love this, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, he says every now and again, he has to end up repairing a section of the fence because the kids accidentally drive off the road to come to see the lights. Damn kids. Yep. Up on his beer drinking corner. The man just wants to drink beer in peace. You know, he, he just wants to go out with his uh, his Bud Light, just crack a few, drink drink some beer, just look at some lights. Exactly. And so they were saying, uh, like, the reporter ate at, with the, the person he was interviewing, I think it was the mayor, he had eaten uh, dinner at Peacock's Mesquite Grill over plates of fried catfish. They shared the story, and I just thought, it made me so homesick. That is... So Texan, plates of fried catfish. And delicious. I, I have not had catfish in years. Amazing. I don't really associate Texas with catfish, though. I associate Texas with beef, but, you know, there's there's my ignorance. Well, well catfish is kind of the only thing that lives in the waters around there because they're like muddy bottom feeders. So they like the kind of shallow, mud, muddy bottoms that the Texas waterways have. Fair enough. I know, I know a few muddy bottom feeders myself. Have you ever heard of noodling? I have heard of noodling. It's something that uh, both intrigues and terrifies me. As it should, going in barehanded to catch a catfish. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's the most southern thing I can think of for for the states. <laughs> um. So yeah. So that's the um. I'm trying to they, hold on. I'm trying to go through my notes. That they have again. They're saying that like, it's it's car headlights. Um, it's like a reflection off the road, like the paint on the, on the road and all that. I, I like to think that, um, it would be interesting to like, it's more interesting to leave it, leave it a mystery than try and like scientifically figure out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I agree. Um, very similar to, to Marfa and even, I suppose, even, uh, with the Aurora kind of towns, people of Aurora as well, kind of saying like, you don't need to know what this is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Keep, keeps the mystery alive. Exactly. Um, so some people have taken video cameras out there to try and record it. Um, and when they get home, it like it hasn't picked up on film, even though they saw it, which I think is super creepy. Yeah, you know, you, you can't be expecting, you know, the, this this mother to put on a show for everyone, you know, and appear on camera like this. That's, that's not how it works. You know, no, go to see that shit with your eyes. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so that's, that's the story of the Anson light. So we've got potentially either UFOs or shape-shifting witches out in Marfa. We've got the, the soul, like the unrested spirit of a, of a wronged mother in Anson. And now I want to take us to Southeast Texas. So we're in a very different, so Anson was kind of in Central West Texas. So a little less desert than Marfa, a little bit more rolling hills. Now we're in Saratoga, Texas, which is in the Southeast and it's um, close, it's fairly close to like Beaumont and Houston area, so not too far from the Gulf of Mexico. Mm. So things there are humid, uh, lots of lush like trees, 
and and things but it's still this this place is uh, pretty rural okay. again we're, we have a, we have a, the commonalities between the three places and there's uh, there's even a sign of how so let me explain how to get to these lights in Saratoga because it's a, it's a bit of a trip so this is from atlasobscura.com which is actually a really cool website with love atlas obscura exactly so i think we'll probably end up getting some stories from atlas obscura as we oh, yeah. go along but this is uh an eight-mile stretch of road that uh, it's called the Ghost Ce- Ghost Road Scenic Drive, officially. That is its official name. Okay, go on. So, yeah. So, it's an eight... So, there's a sign at, the, at each end of the... And it's a dirt road in the middle of the forest, like a foresty area. And it says... Each sign says, Ghost Road Scenic Drive, Hardin County Park, eight-mile drive. And then gives you a little bit of the history of the local towns. The area used to be the site of a former railroad that connected the boom town of um, Bragg, which is now a ghost town, mm-hmm. to the still surviving community of Saratoga. Now, so like, so Saratoga's still there. Bragg, not there anymore. Um, the the railroad, not there anymore. It's just a dirt road. Oh. But it's important to note that because there was a railroad, it, there was an accident on that railroad when it was being built. Of course. So a lost soul who would... Um, was killed during like an accident on building the railroad is eternally searching swinging his ancient carbide carbide lamp through the swamp continually retracing the steps with to which he died on this eight mile road and that's the light that you're supposed to see oh interesting okay do we know anything about this this railroad worker no, there's absolutely no evidence. Irrelevant again. I, I'm not. I'm not asking the right questions. There was a railroad. It was. It was life in the life in the old west. It, people were dying left, right, and center. I'm sure somebody died because of this. <laughs> so. I'm trying to give this uh, this guy an identity. Yeah, we're trying to I'm trying to, to to give him some kind of some kind of persona. Mm, trying to give him his voice. Yeah. So what you're supposed to do is so, so for the best chance of seeing the lights. You're supposed to drive slowly or park one or two miles from the intersection of FM 783 facing the intersection. Uh, it says lights are more active in the early evening. And it does note that for safety's sake, the road is wide enough to admit two cars and has several small turnouts. However, be vigilant for passing cars, especially in the dark, and that the road is the road is dirt and can be very muddy after rain. Oh, okay. That's, that's some good safety advice. Yeah, exactly. So it's telling you the spookies, but also... Yeah, don't don't make yourself another light to join this dude. The, oh my god, it's like little hobbitsies go down and make lights of their own. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's supposed to be just a, like a bobbing light as if someone were walking with a lantern. Oh yeah, okay. And it's just supposed to come go up and down the road. There isn't, unlike Anson, there isn't this kind of thing where you have to go out and like summon some poor some poor poor woman spirit. Yeah, you're just watching this dude on on his walk, basically. Yeah, yeah, basically. So uh, I had like the least information on these Saratoga lights because they like they are a thing but I don't think that the town of Saratoga I think they've got other things going on fair that more than fair you know they they don't have time for for otherworldly problems at the moment no and I actually find them I find the Saratoga lights a little less creepy than the Anson lights I, I don't know why but I find this one like sadder than the Anson lights even though the Anson lights like should be sadder <laughs> like the, the context of them <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it's it, it, it's just like this, oh, this one lonely old soul walking up and down the road at night. Like, it's just, it's just a bit sadder. Whereas, like, the fact that I have to go to a, like, a three-way intersection, turn my car around, flash my lights three times and watch a light, like, appear and come toward me. Like, that's, I guess, I think, okay, so what do those ghost hunter shows always say? Like, there's, like, active hauntings and then, like, residual hauntings. <laughs> 
And so, like, I think the, like, the Ansem one is, like, an active haunting that's responding to external stimuli. And then the Saratoga is just, like, a residual haunting that's just happening whether you're there or not. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, as I said, you're kind of just, you're just viewing this more than anything else, which... I don't know. For some reason, I just find it really sad. Yeah. So those are kind of, those are, those are my three stories of the Texas ghost lights. And like, there are other instances of ghost lights kind of all across the country. I know like, even you mentioned to me the, the brown mountain lights in North Carolina, which obviously have their own kind of long history, which maybe we can get into in another episode. For sure. But, um, but yeah, so that's, uh, that's a, a brief history of ghost lights in Texas. And I think that, I'm going with Marfa's UFOs, Anson's sad ghost lady, and then Saratoga is is yeah is, is sad sad railroad worker. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you on on all three of those. The UFO side of things, I I I think UFOs would be attracted to a town that's as weird as Marfa by the sense of things. Yeah, hundred percent. When you've got some like you know just really strange hipsters out there gentrifying the area and, and the history that they've had up to that point as well it makes total sense that the aliens would be like what the fuck is going on here yeah, they'd be like i was i'm just really confused <laughs> yeah it's literally like a zoo exhibit for them the shape-shifting witches i i do love that theory but i i think it's realistically more so to do with ufos uh in, in my opinion yeah i'm gonna go with that yeah and, and then i'd agree with you then for anson it that's just it's it's sad you know you're this, this woman is clearly uh Kind of like La Llorona, just trying to find her kids. But then you're kind of the asshole because you're the one that's like flashing three lights, making her think it's her sons. Sure, yeah. This is kind of close as well to the La Llorona kind of happenings as well, isn't it? Like this is, you were saying it's pretty close to like the Mexico border and that whole kind of... Well, no, because so Anson would be 25 miles outside of Abilene. Right, okay. Which is, so, so Marfa would be 50 miles, I think, from the U.S.-Mexico border. Right, okay. There's my ignorance shown through of my Texas geography. No, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. And then the Saratoga ones, yeah. I, as I said, I just I can't help but feel re- just really sad for, for this, this lonely dude just walking up and down the tracks. Yeah. That's that's a sad one, you know. Um, it is. Just walking with his lamp, just, just trying to find his way. So, um, so yeah, that's, uh, that, that, that's me. That's me done. I think we've, uh, I think we've closed the cases on all these. Yeah. <laughs> We're going with they're all real. Yeah, they, of course. <laughs> they are, they are all I real. I think we have to, we, we're like running this podcast. We have to go with the side of, yeah. <laughs> if there's any question, we have to err on the side of it's spooky. And we've also established, you know, other things today, like, uh you know, lines being drawn in the sand where both of us stand. And, you know, unfortunately we're on either side of that line. So I mean, uh, I, I'm sorry. UFOs are just not as spooky as ghosts. Mm, mm, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, and then, then we get, we get into our first honor fight. No. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, this is, this is why it works. You know, I'm the, the UFO guy and you're all other things spooky. So that's fine. You know, this, this works. It's true. Yeah. Um, all I'm saying is though, you'd probably change your opinion if a UFO came down and abducted you. Just saying. Well, if I were being probed, I wouldn't think this is spooky. I would think this is horrible. <laughs> There's a difference. You'd be like, God, it's so spooky. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so spooked right now. <laughs> and on that note, I think we're going to wrap up for this week. Yeah, that was a fun case. Thank you for, for presenting these three Super interesting case this is. I really enjoyed it. Cool. All right. Well, we'll uh, be sure and reach out to us on social media. We have, uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter. You can find the details in our, in the description of the show. And we'd love to hear from you. And like, like this proves, if you give us a suggestion, we will, we will explore it. We will shell for you. <laughs> we're not above it. <laughs> yeah, we're not above anything. <laughs> All right. See you guys later. Bye, guys. Bye.